Hello there, it's football mania this weekend as the Talshan Cup final and two All-Ireland semi-finals top the bill. Keith Higgins will take an overview of the All-Ireland football semi-finals. Seamus McEnany looks at the increased demands placed on inter-county managers. And awfully footballer Niall McNamee looks at the inaugural Talshan Cup final and chats about playing at the highest level as well as running his own business. That's all on the Championship. Derry are the Ulster champions for the first time since 1998. The Anglo Cell Cup is indeed returning to Derry. This one is very definitely Galway's. The Connacht Football Final of 2022. There'll be a danger for anyone, I think, in this year's All-Ireland Series. It wasn't so long ago we were all writing the Dublin footballers off. Well, they're back with a bang. 5-17 to 1-15 victory over Kildare today. It's a 12th Leinster final win in a row for them. It could be an opportunity here for Kerry Killian Spillane and a goal! And he finds the back of the net. He's had a super game, Killian Spillane. Kerry absolutely coasting. Yeah, two huge football semi-finals in a pretty open championship. I know Dublin and Kerry are still there, but neither are overly convincing yet. And injury fears to Conor Callan and David Clifford. But Galway and Derry are gathering pace in their own way. That's the backdrop to the weekend's events and Keith... Uh, joins us now Keith Higgins you're very welcome to the show again Cheers Demo Good to talk to you um, I think we'll start with Galway and Derry Crow Park uh, tomorrow Saturday 5.30pm Just your your initial thoughts on that game Keith Yeah initially I suppose it's one to look forward to you know you have two teams I suppose who haven't been at this stage for a long time um, I know Galway there in 2018 but um, I think this time they probably both have Real ambitions to get to a final. You know, they're probably the right side of the draw, Void and Kerry and Dublin. So uh, it's going to be a, a, new, a new team in a lot of final. But it's an interesting one. It's one to really look forward to, I suppose, after the Galway Armagh quarter final. You know, we're wondering whether it'll be able to live up to that kind of same level, that same hype, um, I suppose, for all the right reasons. Um, but I just think, you know, again, it's going to be a very intriguing one. I think Derry, obviously, is not going to change the way they've played a huge amount. Um, You'd imagine Gaul will have learned a lot um, from that Armagh game and how Armagh set up and trying to break that down because we saw it did take them a while to get into that game. But once they got on top and once they got into their stride, they looked very comfortable. So, um, you know, it's, again, lots of different matchups, lots of different things to talk about tactically. But like I said, don't think Derry are going to go away from how they've been playing. Um, and I think it'll all be about how Galway, I suppose, can counterattack, or sorry, can react to that counter-attack game that Derry are playing. So, look again, like I said, the matchups there could be huge as well. You look at, obviously, the goal full forward line and the Derry full back line. Who's going to pick up who there? It'll be very interesting. Yeah, they could all cancel each other out. How do you see that one going? Because we'll say Shane Walsh and Comer, like they didn't shoot the lights out the last day around, but they still need serious watching. Um, who who does Brendan Rodgers take, for example? Who does Chrissy McCaig take? What's your opinion on the matchups? Yeah, so again, I suppose, look, obviously, I suppose you look at Galway's most dangerous line. If When Comer plays inside, you have Comer, Walsh, Finnerty there, like, and the three of them have huge scoring power. Like, mm. you know, Shane Walsh probably hasn't been shooting the lights out yet this year, but he's been showing glimpses of what he can do. I've been really impressed with Damien Comer so far. Again, probably not, you know, hitting 1 2, mm. 1 3, 1 mm. 4 every game, but at the same time, he's chipping in with vital scores. He's drifting out the pitch. He's winning kickouts. He's. You know he's really he's really putting the shoulder to the wheel and kind of in lots of different areas. But look, you look at the the matchups. 
would you be expecting Brendan Rodgers to, to track Homer so that if he does go out the field he'll go with him and try and cause him bother on the opposite foot mm. would you believe McCaig then to try and track Walsh but at the same time I mean you look at Rob Finnerty and what they hit four or five the last day from play against he, Armagh he's an underrated player you know, Keith isn't he very very absolutely, yeah, yeah. class act absolutely like I mean he's he's very dangerous when he gets the ball in hand like he's very very accurate um, and any bit of like we've seen at different stages throughout the year with Derry as many bodies as they do get back and as defending numbers at the same time they do let teams have a lot of scoring chances and we've seen it against Monaghan we've seen it you know even to get the last day against Clare they had chances create a couple of goal chances so you know for all the talk about the the setup that they have there I think they really need to tighten up here I mean even look at Matthew Tierney Patrick Kelly have been chipping in with scores Conroy's been chipping in with scores from midfield so like you know you just feel like Galway have the greater firepower all over the field then down the other end I mean Will Derry be over-reliant on McGuigan, Hurran again, these lads? I mean, you'd imagine Sean Kelly probably pick up either McGuigan or Hurran. Maybe Liam Silk might pick up Hurran and stay close to goal. You know, like the, there's so many questions there. But I just think from a goal point of view, the one thing I've been impressed with is, you know, I think the way the game has gone, you need a real balance of having that attack and fire up front, but being able to kind of get defensively solid yeah. as well. And I think Galway have kind of found that balance a bit better this year. Like I said, Derry just seemed to be kind of leaking a few extra chances. So... Look, it is a really, really hard one to call. I suppose based on the two quarterfinals, you would probably be itching towards the side of Galway a small bit, but at the same time, okay. you know they, they are very, very hard to call. But just feel Galway kind of have an overall a greater spread of scores, really. Okay, and that will be definitely dependent on uh, you sealing up that defence that leaked three goals the last day, as you mentioned, Keith. Going to uh, the next day, then I suppose a uh, big, big, big game: Dublin versus Kerry, three thirty on Sunday. And look, to me, this game comes down to who's fit and who's not. And team lineups are out and all the rest of it, but you can't. You never know until the day itself. So would you be of the same opinion, like you're talking about, potential injuries to Conor Callaghan and James McCarthy? And then how does David Clifford's uh, ankle injury react to, uh, you know, a semi-final on, on Sunday? Absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's probably the game everyone's been talking up, I suppose, since the start of the year. Um, since, I suppose, particularly the way the league campaigns went for both teams. The history that's there, it has been a very, very low-key build-up, I suppose, considering the two teams that are in it. But, you know, like you said there, I think for me, the biggest difference here is going to be whether Conor Callan starts the game or not, or whether he's fit or not. I mean, like we've seen down through the years, how good he is, how big a role he plays. Um, do you know, even the last day against Cork, I think Dublin was a 21 points to hit, but... I suppose when Khan is there, he just gives you that goal threat. Um, ball sticks. And I think, we, I think we've seen that the first day out against Wexford. I know obviously the level of opposition mightn't be what it was now, but um, you know when he gets the ball, it's nearly like his first instinct just to turn and go for goal. If that's not on, he'll look for the, the score then. So yeah, that's the big one for me. You know, again, who picks him up? Will it be Jason Foley? Will it be Thomas Sullivan? Um, and then on the other end, whether Clifford will be okay? You'd imagine he will. Like his ankle injury didn't look too serious the last day against Mayo. Um, and again, it'd be interesting to see what happens in in the Dublin defence. Like, I suppose who's going to pick him up? Will it be Fitzsimons? And obviously Cooper trying to play in front of him as he usually does. Um, who will Merchant pick up? I'd imagine it might be Geaney and let Lee Gannon follow Paddy Clifford around the place. But I think more importantly then as well, you'd imagine John Small is going to pick up Sean O'Shea and track him. Mm. Um, and that's going to be a very interesting battle because if Sean O'Shea can get on top of him there, he'll kind of make everything tick inside then as well. So um, again, this one is probably, you know, you're based off the two quarterfinals. Neither team looked overly convincing. But I suppose 
going off their form, I suppose, since the start of the championship. Look, Kerry have been cruising through it. Probably didn't get the test they really needed against Mayo, even though they were caused problems. You know, they didn't look like they were firing all cylinders. And Dublin just seems to be kind of operating a third gear the last day. But I just feel there's a bit more to come from Dublin. But, you know, I kind of said at the start of the year, I think it's Kerry's All-Ireland there for them. So probably just going to stick with them, edging it just slightly. And just a very last question then, Keith, very briefly. What For that to happen then, where are the areas... Kerry need to kind of come out on top tomorrow the, the, the actual positioning to, to get that win that you talk about yeah I just think look I think they need to keep doing what they've been doing all year I think there's been a lot talked about their defensive system this year like I said we've been on this show talking before and just saying they're looking like they're a team who wants to defend who wants to get turnovers um, whether that's high up the field when they get the chance or just snuffing teams out and being really compact in defence so I think that's going to be a huge area for them if Khan is playing, they need to cut out that space, cut out the goal chances. You know, I think they've, have they yet to concede a goal in the championship yeah. this year? Do you know, yeah. that they have been very solid there. But also, I think a huge area for them is is tying down Fenton and who's going to mm. pick up him up midfield. Do you know, we've seen him throughout this championship, obviously starts at midfield, but drifts into forward positions and is going to kick two or three scores okay. a game. Will, you know, he'll suck in a lot of defenders. So, I think defensively for Curry, we know they've got that firepower up front. If they can sort out the defence and keep that solid as they have all year, like I said, they'll be with a great shout. Keith Higgins, thanks so much for that great insight, and we'll chat to you again soon. Cheers, Damien. Take it easy. Yeah, the great Keith Higgins there. Now, exactly a week ago, Seamus McEnany stepped down as Monaghan Senior Football Manager. It was uh, Banty's second spell in charge. He was just 34 when he took it on first time around. And I wonder, did the job spec and the demands placed on his time change much in that period? Seamus, good evening to you. Good evening, Damien. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I'm just wondering, did it change much in your in your first to second stint in charge? Oh, it certainly did, Damien. It, it, it changed dramatically. Uh, you know, back in 2004, we thought uh, what we were at, we were ahead of uh, the, the posse in some ways. But yeah, it's changed dramatically in every way. Uh, you know, uh, socially, you know, for, for players, different players, different uh Commitment levels and it, like you know, listen. The game has basically gone to uh, in in professional in everything only in name, everything only in, in in actually in name. And 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 you reflected that in terms of your backroom team and the people you brought in and the effort you put into it, Seamus. Um, I know there's a couple of frustrating there years results wise, but could you have done any more? Like in terms of who you brought in and what you tried to, what happens for you? You tried to bring to that setup. You know, listen, you, you try to be as uh, professional as you possibly can. Uh, Intercounty scene demands uh, total professionalism. And, uh, you know, I, I worked really hard to build a backroom team. And I, I, I believed uh, that I, I worked with the best uh, backroom team I ever worked with in my life uh, over the last uh, two years in, in the job. Uh, and unfortunately, it, it didn't get us uh, where we wanted to go to. Yeah, you had Liam Sheedy, Donny Buckley, people like that involved as well. Where where was the, the biggest change, Seamus? Was it in terms of being on the phone the whole time organising? Or was it working with your backroom team trying to plan ahead? Where was the biggest demands on your time placed? Well, I, like, I, don't, re- I don't think that people really realise is like managing an inter-county team is a business and a fairly substantial business in, in all aspects of it. You know, in fact... Uh, Maybe since 2004 to 2022, uh, I know there's 18 years of a gap, but actually been on the phone uh, 
has been less, believe it or not, because uh, you're far more organised, you're far more structured, you're far more people around you. Uh, that part of it, you, you're you delegating far more than, you know, that time you'd have been organising, uh, you know, the food, you'd be organising the bus, you'd be organising all those things yourself, you know, you're mm. going from A to a Z at, at that time. Uh, that all changed, but the reality is, we, we take, uh, we say even, we say Plex to carry this in the top of the game at the moment, like, I would assume when the, when, when the, when the figures come out of the year that the carry will have spent close to a million euro, maybe seven, eight hundred thousand. Now the likes of Manon wouldn't be spending that type of money, but there'll be obviously maybe three, four hundred thousand, I would assume. I, I don't know, but in that vicinity. But the likes of uh, teams is re- reaching this pe- period, uh, all Ireland semi finals, all Ireland semi finals, they'll be in the region of a spend of seven or eight hundred thousand euros. Mm. Okay. And, and uh, the manager will have up on 54 or 55 people. Underneath his manager, uh, yeah, management his mm. team, his watch. So you have 35 players, you have 20 of a backroom staff. So that's a small business, or in some some people's eyes, a big business. So it has changed dramatically that way, um, you know. But the load, the load is shared an awful lot more, especially when you have expertise like, you know, like like the backroom staff that I had. You know, it it, it definitely takes away a lot of the load on you, certainly until. You know, weeks of games, you know, uh, the days of games, all those things, nothing has changed really from, from, from 18 years ago as far as that's concerned. And then just like managing your own county, Seamus, uh, like there's always a scrutiny there, especially with Monaghan who've been at the top table for quite a while now and thanks to you and the likes of Maliki over the years. But uh, just in terms of the scrutiny and the spotlight that's placed on you, we say even during the COVID period or even when results aren't going well. You were a big man, a big boy and you are able to take all that. I know that. But did it affect you or your family at any given juncture? The scrutiny when I started the job in, in, in uh, August in 2004 was very harmless. And for the following couple of years, it was very harmless. When the expectations rise, when you go up to Division 1, the expectations rise. That, and by the time we got to 2010, the expectation of scrutiny became more. But the scrutiny has changed dramatically in relation to social media, in relation to uh, uh, the public, you know, having opinions in relation to... But, you know, listen, Damien, the social media part doesn't really doesn't really affect me very much. I have a, a Nokia 6310, so... If there's anyone out there trying to, if there was anyone out there trying to abuse me, uh, they were only fooling themselves. I wasn't looking at it. But yeah. uh, no, I tell you, to be fair in the modern job, I wouldn't have found very, 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 very little abuse. Very little abuse. Uh, I, I would have got. I think, I think that the people of Monaghan realise that you know that Monaghan are maximising the potential uh, over a period of time now with Maliki. Uh, and, and over the last three years, listen, managing an intercounty team anywhere in Ireland through COVID was difficult. Um, it, it was a very difficult period. There was no back door. There was periods you couldn't train. There was the one year where you, they went back to their clubs and then they come back in October when you play yeah. championship in October. They were difficult. Like, to be fair, this last 12 months has been good in relation to you got a full run, a full, a full national football league. Did I? Did I get? I don't think I got much of abuse. If I did, I didn't hear. I didn't see it. Did it affect me family? Absolutely not. Listen, uh, I've stood at nightclub doors for twenty years. Uh, you know, it would run off me like water of a duck. It would absolutely wouldn't go in. Anyone that thought they were annoying me uh, by abusing me was may think again because it wasn't happening. 
Yeah, because ar- around the time you mentioned there, like the, the I suppose the, the last two years, James, it was hard to get a good run at it, and public scrutiny kind of invaded the GEA over that that COVID period as well. But were you able to just focus on the task at hand, play games when they were able, de- deal with the the kind of the the upset that came your way, and just move on with it as best you could? Yeah, certainly. And like you know, when you're managing the kind of team, there's only there's only the stakeholders that really matter to you. You know, the group that's in the dressing room, your management team and the Monon County Board, that's all that matters. And, mm. and you know, to be fair, I think Monon County Board has proven this over the last 20 years. They, they run a really good show. They really support the manager. They put everything in place for an inter-county team. And like, I understand that other counties haven't got what yeah. Monon have. They have a group of players that's really committed. They have a county board that's really committed uh, to doing the best they can possibly do for players or team management put in place and back that from start to finish. I know I'm fortunate, but I like I have seen the abuse that that, that Andy McIntyre has got, that other managers has, has got, and I think it's absolutely scandalous. Like, you know, people sitting at home, nothing to do, uh, sitting back on their phones and just write stuff, faceless stuff. Like, but what I would say to the people, you know, any of them, Andy, uh, I've chatted Andy about this, you know, listen, Pass no remarks to those people. They are irrelevant. The people that's writing that stuff is irrelevant mm. uh, to to running football teams. They're irrelevant. They're, for me, their voice doesn't matter. Now, I can understand I'm battle-hardened. I'm a lot more battle-hardened than other people is because of my, because of my job for the last uh, uh, 30 years or 40 years. Mm. But when you sit back and think about this, the people that's writing this stuff, Sure, they're, they're, they're nobodies. They don't count. They're not your family members. They're not your inner circle. They're not your family members. They're not your, they're not your uh, hardcore GA people. They're good, genuine GA people mm. that does an, that, that works of an amateur status like I do and like, like good club people does. Uh, they understand the time, the commitment. Intercounty football takes over your life. You're, you're in a bubble. Nothing else matters. Nothing, I mean nothing. Like football comes in front of work, it comes in front of family, it comes in front of every, comes in front of weddings. Uh, you know, I'll give you an example, and, and I, he won't mind me saying, uh, one of my best mates, uh, Muff in Wexford, who was a selector with me. David Murphy, for, yeah. for, for me, yeah. I, I missed his wedding because it was the day before we played Derry in the championship. You know what I mean? And these sort of things, you miss, I'd leave my daughter's wedding uh, on the morning after she got married to go to Clonus for training, to go back to the wedding for the after party. These are the sacrifices the inter-county managers make. I didn't even think twice of it. But people on the outside that's criticising inter-county managers needs to think, what are these people putting in? What time are they putting in? Now, we do it in honour, a privilege. Uh, the most exciting thing you could ever do in your life is manage your own inter-county team. It doesn't come any better. The, the big days... You know, when we bet Dublin to stay in Division One this year, and you have family around you on the pitch, and hundreds or thousands of money supporters out in the pitch, and you have players, it's they're brilliant. But there's a lot of bad days too. I'd love to sit and talk to you uh, extensively on this, and I'd love to ask you: Have you got the appetite to come back, and what your thoughts are on, on counties looking for outside of managers? But we're 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 done for time, Seamus. I hate saying that because it was fascinating listening to you, and thanks so much for your chat, and I hope to talk to you soon again. 100% Damien, thank you very much. Yeah, Seamus McEnany there, and one of the great, one of the game's great characters in fairness. Now it's Talchin Cup time. 
Niall McNamee played in the Talchin semi-final with Offaly. They lost to Westmeath in that game, but it's a good competition and it's a fine first season. And Niall joins us on the line now. Good evening to you, Niall. How are you, Damien? Yeah, Niall, Talchin Cup, how do you rate it in its first year? Um, yeah, look, I think it's been, a, it's been a fairly successful year, to be honest. I think it's been promoted pretty well. I think counties have, have bought into it. Um, obviously, the competition has been, it's been good. There have been very even games across the board. Um, and uh, yeah, I think from 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 year one point of view, I think yeah, everyone should be very very happy with it. It's, it's, it's definitely served the purpose for the for the county in Division Three and Division Four. Yeah, disappointing to lose in the semi final, you guys uh, up against Westmead, and I suppose it's just a tough day. But nice to see young players developing in Offaly at the same time too, Niall. Exactly. Yeah, we've a lot of under twenties obviously coming through from last year, and they've all I think seven or eight and probably would have got game time through championship and and Talchin Cup. So you know that's obviously been a huge bonus for us just to bring them on games week on week and obviously train and then um, during the week just preparing for games during the height of summer so um, I think it'll definitely help uh, counties like ourselves from that point of view to be able to uh, blood a few new or a few new younger guys in you know It's regionalised this year but group stages next year that that help it? <laughs> yeah I think so yeah I think again you're going to get three games minimum for every team um, similar you know it's, and again the split season makes it as well because then teams players are going to commit to it because they, they know that it's, it's over in a few weeks leading up or after that and then obviously they can go back to their clubs and go travel to America or whatever it might be so I think from that point of view it's it's um, it's, 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 it's going to be um, yeah I think it's going to work very very well Have you been impressed Niall by the amount of players who stayed put for this competition like there's a lot of guys gone out to America once their season is over over but in fairness after the Leinster Championship or Ulster Championship or whatever a lot of players stuck around for this competition yeah, to have it. I think this season definitely helps that as well because I think players are able to um, they're able to plan their lives a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit easier. Like uh, they know now, even you see some of the Mayo guys or some of the guys that only finished a couple of weeks ago, they're all gone to America now to want to play with the ball over there during the summer. And um, you know, it's great for them to to be able to do that and then obviously come back, play, finish up the year with their clubs as well. So I think that's really after helping um, yeah. give guys a bit more. Cavan and West meet in the final uh, tomorrow night, uh, but sixty thousand yeah. people there by the time that game throws in. How do you see the final going? Um, I think uh, I suppose I'm kind of chopping and changing all week when I think about it because I think Cavan kind of had the brand over them the last couple of years in league games and stuff like that but um, I just think with me at the moment they're very very strong you know they've, they've done a lot of work obviously physically they're very very strong and they'll um, you know the forwards are moving well they seem to be in good nick um, it'll be a tight affair I'd imagine I don't think there'll be a whole lot in it um, again which is great in terms of the competition I think most teams you know I think if you take if you're true blanket over you know some teams from maybe mid division 2 all the way down to the maybe mid division 4 there's very little between all the teams so and that's what you're getting then you're getting high quality games and I think as well teams are actually going out and actually expressing themselves they're playing a bit of football it's not too negative or too defensive that teams are actually going out head to head a little bit um, that might be different tomorrow um, it'll all depend but um, I, do, I, do, I do expect it to be open and fairly, a fairly decent game but I do think Westmead just might have enough on them Just, just for our last couple of minutes you're yeah. running your own business as well Niall 12s and is it, is it hard to maintain that by playing inter-county level in 2022 because I know your business seems to be growing all the time yeah, it's going well. I suppose, yeah, it is difficult. Um, I suppose it's good in one sense in the flexibility of it um, from my own point of view in terms of training and stuff like that that I can probably manage my days a little bit better than I'm not. I suppose, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not um, uh, what's the word, I'm not, you know, there's no employer telling me to be this, be in an office at a certain time or be here at a certain time. I can plan my own days out and that, that, that works well around training and things like that. But um, no, it is, it, I suppose as business gets bigger and business gets stronger, it's, it, it's harder probably to get balanced to all of it and to try and give everything my full attention is, is difficult. But um, 
<coughs> no, I would have set in the journey about five or six years ago of running my own business, and um, it's probably been at the point now where it's, I suppose, starting to take off, you know, fairly well at a point where my inter-county career is probably, I wouldn't say finished, but it's getting close to near the end. So it's kind of been a nice little segue from one into the other. So it's been it's been good, like it's been a good experience. Will you hopefully give it another year, Niall, and use all that market research to, to put into <laughs> your new products? Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah. Well, look, the boot, obviously, the football boot launched there. Uh, the Viper 1.0 launched here a couple of weeks ago and uh, you know it's been good like I've been wearing them myself obviously the last few weeks and been trialling them for the last two years and there's a couple of inter-county players lined up and a few different sports people lined up to wear them over the next few weeks as well hopefully so um, it's been good like and obviously as you say market research will be good but at the same time there's a bit of time needs to go into the actual running of the show as well so look at I'm fine for now we'll, 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 we'll see out this year with the club and see how that goes and then obviously when um, management come back and get get in touch maybe later on in the year we'll see what the plan is and what we'll fix I saw a picture of your Viper 1.0s and uh, <laughs> if I had my playing days back well some people say my playing days never started but they're an no actual bad. beautiful product uh, just in terms of how the game has changed then are you trying to design all your products to kind of reflect or mirror the modern inter-county football game because it's changed so much since you started it has, yeah. I suppose, well, yeah. Look at, I suppose, uh, again, it's not just inter-county. I suppose I'm looking at all kinds of sports. Obviously, I have a huge interest in a lot of different sports. So I'm, um, you know, the boot was sort of designed with kind of every sport in mind in terms of GA football, uh, hurling, soccer, rugby, um, and again, as you said, even different things like pitches, hard ground, soft ground, all this type of stuff. The, 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 the weight of the boot, the instep so for football. So the, the boot that we've that we've launched, uh, the instep, it's it's double layer basically on the instep. So when you kick the O'Neill, it's obviously a little bit heavier than maybe a soccer ball. Okay. You know, the ball kind of pings off the foot as opposed to maybe another boot that players might be designed for soccer might be a little bit uh, too light for football. So um, all that kind of thought and process to get into it over the last two years just to make sure that the product is um, as yep. good as it can be. And uh, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a long old journey, but it's just been it's been very exciting in the last uh, few weeks getting it launched. And a very last question for you. Like I mean, you're a very yeah. straightforward man very practical man how head-wrecking has Brexit and inflation and all the cost of living and all this sort of stuff been because you have to cater for all that outside factors Absolute torture, um, and again, I suppose you need. I suppose again, it, it comes back from your own, your own background. I suppose is interesting as well in, in the sense of uh, you know you just need to kind of grow. Really, you're, you're you're trying to grow yourself just in terms of how you deal with stuff, in terms of you know be a little bit more patient or um, all the type of stuff, and you need it because it's uh, you know there's one thing after another. Sometimes it's just one day, there's one bad news story after another bad news story. But then it takes off, and then you get the really really good days, and then it's kind of all working okay. as well. So I, I think I was always meant to be an entrepreneur. I just. Uh, it just took me a little bit, a bit, a little bit longer than normal. Probably yeah, together, but, but you uh, have the resilience. You have the resilience and the experience, exactly. and you have the attitude exactly. as well. And Niall McNamee, thanks so much for your time, and good luck with everything going forward. Cheers, Emmy. Thanks very much. Talk yeah, to you soon. the great Niall McNamee there, 2003 debut, and he's still going strong in the shape of his life. That's it for this week's show, folks. The program was produced by the great Damien O'Mara and even greater Jamie Doyle was on sound. From myself, Damien Lawler, stay safe, and we'll chat again next week.